The reading tonight will be from Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Again, Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train the train of his throne filled the temple. Above, above him were seraphs, each filled with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And I'll be seated. I'm extremely grateful for the kind welcome that the laws has provided. I'm grateful for the capable song direction by which we have all been able to lift up our hearts and our tongues in praise to God. I'm grateful for brought us before the throne of God in prayer. And I'm thankful for the one who has just read for us from God's word. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you for for those who are visiting this congregation and her effort of this gospel meeting. So many of you I know and love. Others of you I may not have yet met. Thank you for having the heart to be able to consider this time together of importance to you and to the congregation that meets here at Broadway. I have been blessed already yesterday and today, by your kind comments, by your generous hospitality, by your wonderful blessings that you have showered uh, upon me. And I am very, very humbled and very grateful for them. I hear that we are going to be having a Wednesday morning Bible class that may be opened up to not just the ladies, but any men who want to join as well. I know that you have seen that each of these lessons have revolved around a particular gospel hymn. And so I would like to go ahead and advertise for you that the lesson on Wednesday morning for that occasion will be your added bonus. We will discuss the hymn, Can He Depend on You? That will be what we discuss Wednesday morning for all who care to attend that particular class. Now let's engage. 
in our study this evening. All matters spiritual are of significance because of their relationship to God. May I please because this is so very important. All matters spiritual are significant and only significant because of their relationship to God. Consider, for example, has written in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, where he has said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But not just any word. The word of God. God's word is what makes that significant. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, Paul spoke to some elders in Ephesus and said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed not just any assembly, to feed the church of God. Acts 20 and verse which he has purchased with his own blood. Paul began his letter to the Romans in Romans 1 and verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to not just any gospel, Galatians 1, 6-9, called and separated to the gospel of God. Later in chapter 14, he will write the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is why it is significant when you read throughout your Bible phrases like children of God, servants of God. Matters spiritual are significant because of their relationship with God. And because that is the case... A study of God gives greater meaning to things of like nature. I'm sure that those of you in this assembly this evening who are diligent students of God's Word understand that as we read and study various books of the Bible, that there are often key words that just fly off the text. And we associate the subjects of certain books with those key words. I'm going to give you some examples. And in your mind cannot guess the book of the Bible. If I were to say the word wisdom, would you not immediately think of the book of Proverbs? If I were to say the word vanity, I imagine you would think of Ecclesiastes. If I were to ask you what account has the key word kingdom, I would imagine most of you would think of the book of Matthew. If I were to give you the word liberty or freedom, you might call to mind the book of Galatians. 
If I were to give you precious, you might think of 1 Peter. Knowledge. 2 Peter. If I were to give you the book, would you know the key word? You you would if you were astute to realize the topic of which we are discussing this evening. The word is holy. Eighty-eight in the book of Leviticus, you will find the word holy. Holy bread, holy crowns, holy feet, holy flesh, holy fruit, holy garments, holy house, holy place, most holy place, holy presence, holy sanctuary, holy title. Indeed, the book of Leviticus stresses the holiness of God and the holiness of man. No wonder. When the Apostle Peter in chapter 1 and verse 16, it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He is quoting from the book of Leviticus. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers Christ, God says, Be holy, for I am holy. And I admit, just as we mentioned yesterday, when we consider this attribute in like manner, when we consider the vast love of God, I often fall short. We can never approach the holiness of God, but we are to spend a lifetime trying to do just that. God Himself said in the very book of which we find our text, My ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This evening I would like to attention to this topic. Holy, holy, holy. We're going to do so number one. Finding holiness. What is holiness? And if you were to engage in a deep study of the word and the concept holiness in the Bible, I believe you may arrive, as I have, to the definition of holiness that best encapsulates this concept. It will contain components. Let me provide that for you now, especially for those of you who are taking notes. Holiness is the characteristic of when one is, number one, set apart. Set apart from, number two, one place 
to a distinct and different place. Number three component, for the glory of God. That, my friend, is holiness. Being set apart from one sphere, from one realm, from one place, to a distinct and different place for the purpose of God. I quoted this today. When James says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Why, James? For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does He tempt any man. That is the holiness of God. When Isaiah declared, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that He cannot save, neither His ear heavy that He cannot hear. But your sins and your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden His face from you that He will not hear. That is because of the holiness of God. No one can approach God who is holy with sin. He has always made a way by which sinful man may approach him. In the time of the early earth, the times of the patriarchs, God established a way that man may approach him through the head of the fathers at the altar. Under the law of Moses, he established a system by which sinful man may be able to approach him only through the Levitical priesthood at the temple. In the Christian age in which we now live, God has made it possible for sinful man to approach him only through Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, Paul declares, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself, how? By Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Number one, we see the concept of holiness. Number two, God is holy. God is holy. Listen carefully to the beautiful sentiment in the prayer that Hannah prayed. 1 Samuel 2, no one, she prayed, is like unto the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our 
God. Let me tell you something. She understood the holiness of God. She understood God is unique. There is none like Him. He is far different than anything. He is unique in His character. He is unique in His existence. He is unique in His strength. There is none like the Lord that is holy. There is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Unique in character, unique in existence, unique in strength. Mary, mother of Jesus, said to Elizabeth, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Luke 1, 49. John the reveals unto us, in the vision that he himself had, Of the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, do not rest day or night, proclaiming the same thing Isaiah saw. Holy, holy. Peter quotes David. Concerning the death of Jesus. In Acts 2, it says, You will not leave my soul in Hades, neither will you allow, mark it, your Holy One to see corruption. In Ephesians 30, Paul writes, Do not grieve, mark it, the Holy One. Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, what have I just shown? I have just demonstrated for you that God the Father is holy. I have just demonstrated you Jesus is holy. I have just shown you the Holy Spirit naturally is holy. All three personalities of the Godhead are holy. Because God is holy. All of His attributes are rooted in His holiness. Without holiness, God's would be cruelty. Without hope, God's mercy would be weakness. Without hope, God's power would be tyranny. Without hope, God's wisdom would be subtlety. Is the holiness really that significant? Is it really? 
What does the holiness of God mean to us? It would mean a great deal if you were living under the old law when God Himself said, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Exodus 20 and verse 8. The holiness underscores the fact that as God gave those directions in building that tabernacle, you may recall they were to have a cubit's worth of material that would hang out on either side of the tabernacle. Why? The holiness of God. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Psalm 15, 1. Holy and awesome is His name. Psalm 119, 111.9. For he remembered his holy promise, Psalm 105, 42. But this is not just the Old Testament. We look in the New Testament and we hear Paul write to his young protege, From a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. The devil took him up to a, uh, into the holy city and set Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple, Matthew 4, verse 5. Paul writes, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed by the Spirit to His holy apostles and prophets. Ephesians 3, verses 4 and 5. Later in that same book, chapter 5, and beginning in verse number 25, Paul would begin, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might, verb form, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot, not having, not having any blemish, but it should be holy. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Revelation 21 and verse 2. In other words... There has always been a line of demarcation between what is holy from what is profane. There is always to separate the holy from the unholy. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not give that which is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. Matthew 7 and verse number 6. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 26, here's what Ezekiel says concerning this matter. Ezekiel 22, verse 26. 
Her priests have violated and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hidden their eyes from my Sabbaths, so that I am profaned among them. Verse 31, Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, say the Lord. Do you think it's a serious thing? To not respect the holiness of God? Finally, number three. In understanding what holiness is, and in seeing the fact that God is holy, the obvious question for you and for me this evening is, what is to be my response to holiness? God respects us to respect His holiness. Holy and awesome is His name. Psalm 111.9 How am I to respond to that? Listen to Jesus. Teach us in the model prayer. After this manner pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed. Name Matthew 6, 9. Why? For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah 57, 15. The presence of God is holy. Psalm 89, 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. He is to be held in reverence by all those around Him. What is to be my response? Brethren, when we are worshiping God, our worship must be reverent. It must be Do not ever allow yourself to be deceived into thinking that God will accept casualness in worship. Casualness. The presence of God is holy. The scriptures of God are holy. As I mentioned, 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. Peter says it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the whole commandment 
delivered to them, 2 Peter 2 and verse 21. What is to be my response in understanding that the Scriptures are holy? Brethren, I am to drink deeply therein. For all those things made, and all those things exist, says the Lord, but on this one will I look. On him who has a poor and contrite spirit. And those who tremble at my word. Isaiah 66, 2. I am great assembly where when the word of God is read, we stand. It is but an indication of the holiness we pay tribute to God to God's word the people stood when Ezra read the word of God as well the church holy Ephesians 5 25 through 27 I mentioned a moment ago chapter 2 and verse 21 and 22 Paul says to the Ephesians in describing the church, it is a holy temple. You are a chosen generation, Peter says. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. You will never separate a holy God from... Don't even try it. They are inseparable. And if that is the case, therefore, a lot of our brethren need to stop bashing brethren in the church. We are to be holy as God is holy. In conclusion, I begin to draw where we began from the text. In Isaiah chapter 6, when our minds were taken to what Isaiah was able to show us in the eyes of faith, to be able to behold around the throne of God, to hear and see the reverence given to a whole and the appropriate response when he saw and heard changes must be made in my life. And in the lives of my brethren. It will affect the sin in our life. It will affect the work that we give. Young people, this is why We do not walk like the world. This is why we do not talk like the world. 
This is why we do not dress like the world. This is why we do not behave like the world. Elders, preachers, deacons, teachers, this is why we do not walk like the world. This is why we do not talk like the world. This is why we do not dress like the world. This is why we do not behave like the world. Parents, this is why we do not walk like the world. This is why we do not talk like the world. This is why we do not dress like the world. This is why we do not behave like the world. It is the holiness of God that commands me as His child. Be holy for all. When I understand that, there are Shows and movies I will not watch. I don't care if my friends at school is talking about it. I don't care if all of my co-workers are talking about it around the water cooler. There are some shows I will not watch. It's because of the... There is music I will not listen to. There are websites I will not view. There are places I go. There are restaurants I will not patronize. There are worldly habits I will not begin. There are relationships I will not engage. A highway shall be there, and a road. And it shall be called... The highway, the unclean shall not pass over it. It shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool shall not go astray. Isaiah 35, verse 8. Paul wrote, Have therefore, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, 24. Just as a father... He's proud of his son when his son bears his image, his likeness, his mannerisms. Our heaven is proud of us when and only when we are holy.
The holiness of God is that which will make our worship approved. The holiness is that which will make our evangelism effective. How many times, I'll tell you myself, I've heard way too many times, has the statement been made, if that is what I don't have any Christian. What's the problem? The holiness. Only holy Christians inherit heaven. For God will not allow unholiness to inhabit His presence. I do not say this lightly. There will be a lot of disappointed people on the judgment day. People described by our old seven who claim to know Him who claim to mighty works in His name, but by a failure to live true, holy lives, they will hear those words, Depart from me, I never knew you. We may fool our brethren. We may fool our friends. We may even fool our spouse. You will never fool God. Brethren, as we sing this song of invitation and remind ourselves again of the holiness of God, if there is a need to make your life holy tonight, do so because your eternal destiny weighs in the balance. If you need to become a Christian and be obedient to the commands of Jesus Christ, as we discussed last night, or if you as a child of God have been living like the world, please make things right as together we stand now.